We are Two Book Ramblers, a podcast to get you to read beyond the lines. Like Elvis said, the sun's down and the moon's pretty. It's time to ramble about books. Today in Two Book Ramblers, ahead of their time, authors predicting the future before 1900. Albert Einstein said that today's imagination is tomorrow's reality. And if we judge by their books, writers from the 19th century were quite busy imagining future realities with astonishing accuracy. We have prepared for this episode a list of books published before 1900 which predicted future events or inventions. And we promise you, you will be surprised. Let's start with a book published in 1726 by Jonathan Swift, and it is none other than Gulliver's Travels. In the book, Jonathan Swift predicted Mars's two moons. In the satiric novel, Gulliver is the protagonist of a journey that takes him from one fantastical land to another. And among many other strange places, he travels to Lilliput, where the inhabitants are six inches tall, and also to Brobdingen, where, contrastingly, inhabitants are 60 feet tall, And he also travels to Laputa, where scientists pursue very unpractical mathematics, art, and astrology. In the novel, Swift attributes Laputans with the discovery of two moons with short orbits around Mars. About 140 years later, guess what? Asaf Hall, an American astronomer, discovered two moons which actually have short orbits around the red planet. For those of you in the mood for grand adventure, Gulliver's satiric voyages are great bibliotherapy for that, especially if accompanied by a Gulliver's Travels cocktail. This drink, listed in Tim Featherless' book Tequila Mockingbird, requires equal parts vodka, peach snaps, grapefruit juice, and cranberry juice. You can decide if you prefer the Lilliputian or the Brobdingnagian version, but be warned, the drink has to go down in one swig. In 1838, Edgar Allan Poe published the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket. In this novel, which is the only one written by Poe, by the way, the crew of a whaling ship who survives a storm participates in a very gruesome lottery. They must decide which of all the survivors would be sacrificed as food source for all the others. And the name of the unlucky sailor in Poe's novel is Richard Parker. But the fictional tale was pookily close to the real events occurring 50 years after the publication of Poe's novel. The survivors of the ship Minionette, also adrift and desperate after a storm, kill and eat one of their own. The name of the unlucky sailor this time? You guessed it right, Richard Parker. There's an Etsy store called Obvious Tate that has some of the most elegant and creative literary prints we've ever seen. One of them has a quote from Ergal Allan Poe, along with a nautical theme that we think will be a favorite of any lovers of Poe's only novel and we have links to it in our page. Welcome to the section Book versus Book, where each of us pick a book according to the theme, and you guys decide which one wins. If one writer from the 19th century can be attributed with the prediction of several events or scientific advances years before they actually happened, that is Jules Verne. After all, it was him who said that everything a person can imagine, others can make it happen. That's why we have chosen two of his titles, both predicting future accomplishments for our book versus book this week. My pick is From the Earth to the Moon, written in 1865. 
and it predicted a moon landing. Vern describes how a crew of three American men were shot out of a cannon from Florida on the Columbia and landed on the moon. A century later, three Americans indeed landed on the moon after departing from Florida on the Apollo 11, whose command module was called Columbia. Besides the similarities in names and locations, several of Vern's calculations, not all, were surprisingly accurate. For fans of the book, we have found two art prints that might be to your liking. One of them has a minimalistic design and it has been created by Mikhail Sabel. The second one is a poster of the cover for the first edition of the book designed by Ulster Crick. And my pick is 20,000 Leaks Under the Sea, also by Jules Verne, and published in 1870. What he predicted this time was the electric submarine. This probably is one of the best known books by Jules Verne. 20,000 Leaks Under the Sea features an electric submarine almost a century before electric submarines were a reality. The submarine in question, the Nautilus, is commanded by Captain Nemo, and he, along with a Canadian harpooner, a French oceanographer, and the oceanographer's assistant, traveled 20,000 leagues among wonders and fantastical places deep undersea. For lovers of this book, we have found the blog page for the book club Delicious Reads, in 2015, Delicious Reads met to discuss 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, and they have shared the menu for the meeting, along with recipes and pictures on their page. The menu is full of creative drinks and food, including Ocean Blue Punch, Seaweed Deep, Crab Cakes, Sea Cucumber Salad, Clam Chowder, Sand Dollar Sugar Cookies, and Oyster Macaroons. We must say Delicious Reads sounds like a great and tasty book club. And you can draw inspirations from their page if you decide to cover 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea in your own book club. For fans of Jules Verne, if you're excited to vote in this week's book versus book, you may also want to learn about Nantes, the French seaside town where Jules Verne was born. If you ever find yourself there, please don't miss the Machine of the Isles of Nantes, an attraction where you can admire and even write some of the giant automatons inspired by Verne's books. One of these mechanical creations is the Marine World Carousel, inspired by 20,000 leagues under the sea. And while in Nantes, visit Jules Verne's museum for a fascinating collection, unique memorabilia, and a sculpture of Captain Nemo outside. We have also found a downloadable brochure for the Jules Verne's Trail. It is unfortunately only in French, but it can take you to several locations in Nantes related to the author. We encourage you to go to our page for pictures of the machine of the Isle of Nantes. You will love it. While on our page, vote for your favorite book, and you can also vote on our Instagram stories. The next book was published in 1888. It's called Looking Backward by Edward Bellamy, and it predicted credit cards. In this novel, an American from the 19th century is suddenly transported to a utopia in the 20th century where individuals get a certain amount allotted to cards they can use for purchases. Sound familiar? We have chosen the cover for the 1951 hardcover edition designed by Edward McKnight Koffer for our cover gallery this week. The designs for which he became famous were influenced by Cubism and Modernism, so much that in the 1930s, he was known as the Picasso of advertising design. He was better known for his posters, but Coffer designed many book jackets that he considered mini posters. Um, one of these is the one for looking backward, where geometric forms are the highlight of the design. 
And here's one book predicting an event that you might find very spooky. In 1898, Morgan Robertson published Futility. Are you familiar with this story about the largest ocean liner of its time hitting an iceberg in the North Atlantic and tragically sinking on its maiden voyage? But we're not talking about the Titanic. We're talking about Morgan Robertson's book, Futility. It was written 14 years before the Titanic's tragedy, and even some of the details of Robertson's book are spookily close to the real events. The name of the ship in Futility is Titan, and, as in the Titanic, many passengers were not able to survive due to the scarcity of lifeboats. For souls braver than ours, there are plans for the Titanic II, a replica of the ill-fated Titanic, to set sail in 2022, following the same journey as the original from Southampton to New York. There is space for 2,400 passengers in the ship, and its design will mirror the one in the original Titanic. The Sherman of Blue Star Line, which is the company in charge of the Enterprise, have ensured the public that the ship will benefit from modern safety procedures and technologies. However, these two book ramblers find the journey a little eerie. How about a book that predicted smartphones? In 1898, Mark Twain published from the London Times in 1904. In this short story, the protagonist is awaiting his death sentence after being accused of murder. While in prison, he uses a telectroscope, a device that allows him to speak with people while seeing them in real time and from any corner of the world. Through this device, which is extremely similar to today's smartphones, he makes some very important discoveries related to his case. However, we will not spoil the story for you, especially since Mark Twain certainly tells it best. From 1896 to 1897, Mark Twain lived in London's Chelsea neighborhood. During the time, he must have written from the London Times in 1904, published in 1898. He secluded himself here with his family after the death of his eldest daughter from meningitis. Fans of the short story and of Mark Twain who find themselves in London can see the place at 23 Tedworth Square, although only from outside, since it's a private residence. In the last year of the 19th century, 1899, H.G. Wells wrote When the Sleeper Wakes, which predicted automatic motion sensing doors. In this dystopian novel, a man suffering from insomnia resorts to medications as a cure to his problem, resulting in him sleeping for more than 200 years and awaking in the future that contains, among other advances, automatic motion sensing doors. We have chosen this book for our six-word review this week, and here it goes. Bicentennial Sleeper Awakes as World's Master. We're going to make a very brief pause, and we'll be back for guesswork. Welcome back. The answer to last week's guesswork was Forrest Gump by Winston Groom. And for this week's guesswork... Would you know which book, published in 1889, featured sky riding more than 25 years before it was first seen in an air show in San Francisco? You can listen to its first line in a small excerpt and see if you can guess its title. Here's the first line. Little though they seem to think of it, the people of this 29th century live continually in fairyland. And here's an excerpt from page 69. With this sally, the audience ended. The clock was striking 12, the hour of breakfast. 
Mr. Smith returned to his chamber. Where the bed stood in the morning, a table all spread comes up through the floor. For Mr. Smith, being above all a practical man, has reduced the problem of existence to its simplest terms. For him, instead of the endless suites of apartments of the olden times, one room fitted with ingenious mechanical contrivances is enough. Here his lips, takes his meals, in short, lives. If you think you know it, you can let us know on our page to bookramblers.com. And before we end our episode, let me tell you about one new book hitting the shelves this week that we're excited about. It is called In the Garden of Spite by Camila Bruce. This is a fictional account based on true crime. The protagonist of the novel is Belle Goons, which was a dangerous and prolific female serial killer. Each of her murders is a way for Belle to achieve her ultimate goal of avenging her tragic childhood and past. And as you might have guessed from the premise, the story is very dark. Some might even find the violence a little bit too graphical. But for those of you who love true crime, this might be a great read. After this episode, we will certainly be looking at books featuring technologies we don't use yet as a bit of literary oracles. If you know of any other books that have prophesied future events or technologies, go ahead and let us know, especially since we plan on making more of these episodes in the future. If you like our show, subscribe to our newsletter at twobookramblers.com and rate us and review us whatever you listen to podcasts. If you would like to purchase any of the books covered in our show today, you can visit our TBR bundles page for a list of titles. Until next time, to as Shakespeare said, and of all, trust a few, the wrong to none.